EMZT Radio is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audio download and a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash EMZT. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to a new episode of EMZT Radio for 2019. I'm Bane Hellborn with my partner, the infamous MJ. Where, where is this? Where am I? Where am I? Huh? What? Oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, I'm still in this podcast, for those of you who forgot. <laughs> it's It's been, let me, let me, let me go right off the bat and explain what has been going on the last couple of months. Now, first, my schedule got really cramped, and I, it, it literally was, I was going to take two weeks off for Thanksgiving to calm my schedule down, and then I got a bomb dropped on me on Thanksgiving, which was my landlord basically said, uh, I'm not renewing your lease. And nice. Yeah. And that's when basically my two, three, basically became a month from hell, uh, started, but I moved into a new place. So we have a new dungeon now and I don't have to worry about, you know, I could be as loud as I want, although I am broadcasting right beside a window. So this, this could be, this could be fun. <laughs> So, uh, anyways, what's been going on since uh, since I have uh, been gone? Oh, not a whole lot. Uh, my sis has been working quite a lot of hours. Uh, my dad's been home on and off most of the winter, so I've been getting a break from my mom. The holidays were really nice. Boom Doom scored, of course, Christmas, because Christmas is mostly for the kids. <laughs> yes, of course putting the podcast together before we took holiday break and uh it's time consuming on how much editing you have to do and putting stuff together (laughs) (laughs) oh yes now now you know why i didn't put up much of a fight when you wanted the uh one of the podcast no i know but i got all these great ideas and it just it's so time consuming and i have to make a sign because every time i'm working on the podcast someone always comes knocking on my door or my phone rings yeah, yeah, I I know that I'm gonna, feeling. I'm gonna buy a sign. I'm gonna stick it on my door saying "Podcast recording." Fuck off. <laughs> I ended. I almost ended up having to do. I'm serious. I almost ended up having to do the old place because you know people wanted to talk, and I'm not um, a chatty person. Boom Doom has been having some health issues. He's been breaking out in hives. Oh dear. Weird we squatches. Go- oh, we don't know. Are we, we don't know what it's from. Pox? Yeah, he already had that. Oh, well, yeah, and you can't get it again. I already had that. You never know. Had it twice. <laughs> there's, there's other things that end in pox, you know. Yeah, no, he's been having these weird hive-looking things. I mean, they almost look like chicken pox, but they're not. They go away, hmm. like, within hours after it, taking uh, antihistamines. Uh, well, then that's... That, oh, I know what that is. That's allergies. He's got something he's severely allergic to, then. We guessed that much, but the doctors are now trying to uh, set a date on when to do the whole allergy test thing. Oh, oh God! If it was anything yeah. like like what we had to go through when we were kids, where you got poked and then they just looked no, at your it's... arm to see what what broke out broke out. Same thing. That's what they're doing. Yeah. No. <laughs> God no. Yeah. That's where that's where I found out I can't have long haired dogs. Oh yeah. Because of dog dander. Yeah. I can have short haired dogs. Short haired dogs are fine. I have I have had short haired dogs my entire life, never once broken out. Long haired dogs is another story. Well, this all started when he goes to school. Hmm. He goes to school and he breaks out and he comes home and takes some medicine and it goes away. So I don't know. Mm. 
maybe one of his friends oh, has yeah. uh, some laundry softener, fabric softener that's that yeah, doesn't play I even, nice. I even changed all that too. I got the allergy, you know, sensitive skin sensitive allergy unscented. I mean, I changed all that, and I don't use laundry dryer sheets for their laundry. I just use it for mine. Hmm. Tried cutting all that out too, so I don't think it's my laundry anymore. <laughs> yeah. So. I've got to ask, since it's the hottest thing going right now, Vane, have you done the bird box uh, challenge? Fuck no. <laughs> Thank like you. I mean, you're better off eating Tide Pods, okay? Because you know what's going to happen. No, I did, I, did, I did the bird box challenge when I went to go watch Bird Box for the second time. No, it wasn't that bad. Oh, I went there! I went there! I thought it was awful. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It I, was I thought just... it, was, it was just so boring the opposite of the quiet place you can't look at it you know <laughs> opposite of the, i swear to I, you and i must have been watching two different movies because i thought it was i thought it was like a river boat ripoff of of a quiet place really i mean just just that you yeah. know you you don't have to be quiet you just can't see anything and i'm just sitting there going i've seen this movie over and over again and it just was and then uh, the flashbacks the flashbacks couldn't make any i i it, it it got too much. It was overwhelming, overbearing at times. Oh, but the, I thought the whole interesting story was um, that the only people who could survive it were the mentally ill people. <laughs> like, the ones from the asylum. They hey. could wa- walk around, they could look, but they all uh, were infected, as, as I call it. There's good news. You and I could survive the bird box <laughs> We could survive the bird box. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're both flat and safe. Anyways, there's an interesting story coming out. Obviously, guys, please, first of all, don't do the bird box. You can do the bird box challenge, but don't do the bird box challenge where you could get hurt. Okay? Seriously. Netflix also had to post a thing saying, don't do the bird box challenge. Come on, people. Be smart. Just, if you're going to do the bird box challenge, do it in a safe place. Okay? Don't juggle knives or run out in the street or anything of that nature. All right. But there's actually was supposed to be more to that movie. You remember the the one thing we didn't ever see was the monster. And You kind of got a glimpse of it through the blindfold. Just kind of. I and I heard a lot of people going, oh my god, this is what made it so brilliant. No, no, it didn't. Well, there's a reason why you didn't see the monster. Why? Um, well, Bird Box's monster was a, like a half baby, half snake. And the reason why we didn't see the monster is it's all Sandra Bullock's fault. <laughs> what? Apparently, why apparently they showed her the designs and she couldn't stop laughing. Oh, okay. And to be honest with you, Dread Central has a um, rendering of the monster. And to be honest with you, I can't stop laughing. Jeez. It, it looks cheesy. Okay, it looks uh, it looks like something straight out of Resident Evil Seven. With all the technology that we have, they couldn't yeah. come up with something really good. Yeah, I mean, it's it it literally looks like it's out of Resident Evil Seven. We'll put a we'll put a link to the the to the Dread Central um, article so you can have a laugh at it too. Uh, but, well, uh, I liked how it could have been. It wasn't an alien thing, <laughs> like in Quiet Place, but it's. Yeah. Uh, I almost want to call it uh, ethereal demonic or something because yeah, you know. But, but to be honest, physical. 
But to be honest with you, I think that's also where it lost me was the fact that they said it was a monster. I would have liked to have seen that as a virus or something of that nature. It seemed like it because people were just looking. They take a look somewhere and all of a sudden they're infected. Yeah, it's a try to kill themselves. That, that's how yeah. I would have played that off, is it's a virus, and then one of the symptoms is your deepest, darkest fears manifest in front of your eyes. Not always, because some people were seeing the people they loved, and they wanted to join them. Yeah, so, well, because yeah. if you remember at the beginning, she's... And yes, there are spoilers, okay? But it's been, what now, three weeks since it's coming? More. Okay, yeah, so we're, we're out of the danger zone. If you haven't seen it yet, um, I'll save you two hours of the movie right now. They're in a boat. <laughs> there's a flashback. They're in a boat. There's a flashback. They're in a boat. There's a flashback. They're at a school <laughs> for the blind, and they release some birds, and that's how the movie ends. There you go. I just saved you two hours. <laughs> because the birds can sense when they're coming, so yeah. yeah. That's that's literally that's the movie. Yeah, that's the movie. Well, I, am, I am not a fan of the bird. Bo- I will not watch Bird Box anymore. I. But it was also it was also about how her character changed from this hard ass bitch to uh you know she actually were, was caring about the kids that she had. That so, I mean because that, that story got completely lost on me. So oh I, okay. Like <laughs> that that story just I threw the baby out with the bathwater on this one. It was Aww. it was. I was so bored, and it was just so slow-paced. I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong. I like deliberate-paced movies when they can build up suspense. But this thing was, it was literally, it was crawling with two or three. It was like, it was it was a pointless, it was absolutely pointless, and it would crawl. There were certain places that it would crawl. And then there was jump scares to go, hey, are you, are you still awake? <laughs> well... Like and the movie plus we're gonna Mich- do we're gonna do a review on it yeah, so it'll be okay. that's that's <laughs> my review on it plus there's another part of that movie uh, I, there is not enough brain bleach in the world to get machine gun kelly naked out of my freaking head <laughs> and the worst oh. part is I'm, I'm you know what i i know i'm crapping all over it and for me for good reason but my god could you make it any more obvious it's like Oh, there's sexual tension. There's sexual tension. Ha ha, look at this. They're two completely opposites. He's a junkie. She's a cop. <laughs> Your comedy hit of the summer. What do you think's going to happen next? And about three scenes oh, later. Oh, yeah, that, that was And about that was three good. scenes later, they're fu- Re- You couldn't was- build the tension up more? Like, no, <laughs> let's let's just get the fuck scene out of the way. Like, oh, God. And you know what? For this, for this to be directed by a female... You made the female cop look so slutty in it too. I mean, could well, you have picked the, a sluttier place that, to have sex? Part was she wasn't quite a cop; she was just a cadet. I know, <laughs> so. but it, it was just so awful. It's just yeah. And look, yeah. I'm not I'm not slut shaming the whole thing. Please don't get me wrong; I am not slut shaming it. But yeah. it's just so bad. You couldn't yeah, make her yeah. more of a badass. You couldn't, you know, like you couldn't make him more of a badass. <laughs> I mean, it's Machine Gun Kelly for crying out loud. It's, it, 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 you know, <sighs> never mind. I do. Yeah, yeah, no that that part I agree. They they fucked up there. Yeah, they the there were so many places where the the ball was actually dropped in this movie. It was it, it, this movie had so much potential, and I'm so upset about it. Mm. 
And I think they were also trying to cash in on A Quiet Place's kind of storyline. A Quiet Place is pretty good. I mean, it's Can, brilliant. I, let me let me say this right now. I hope that is not the new trend in, in horror. Is we're going to take, you know, you can't do this. You can't touch or you can't feel. You can't walk. Please, please. That's what made A Quiet Place so brilliant because it was so different. Yeah. And yeah. if we're going to go samesies, where now we're just going to have a dartboard with all five all five the senses. senses. Yeah. yeah, all five senses and then we're going to have another dartboard with a body part. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, no, they we're need to for stop a long right, 2019 right now. if that's going to be the case. They need to stop that right now if that's where it's going to go cuz they're just they just already fucked it up with Bird Box. I mean Absolutely. Yeah. Just just right there. Let me let me give you guys a thing right now. Time out. Stop. Okay. Just stop right now. We're we're giving you the best advice in the world. Don't do it. Well, a quiet place too is coming out soon. So well, that, that's <laughs> fine. A quiet place, uh, but at least a quiet place. The other thing that made a quiet place so brilliant: aliens. Yeah, aliens. I mean, you know, there was. It wasn't some mysterious demon seed spawn. It was aliens. It was a tangible threat. Because if the yes. aliens heard you talk, you were dead. That was interesting. Part about those aliens is how they could yeah. be—they could be stopped. It was yeah. so fascinating, and that added to the tension. This baby yeah. snake demon thing didn't add to any freaking tension. Yeah. What? That was that was the one thing I'm going to say that right now. That is the number one complaint I have with this movie. Is just oh. if you're going to be deliberate, give me some tension. The part was that not only, I mean, if you couldn't look at it, it was talking to you, trying to get you to look at it. So that yes. was, I, I thought, I thought that was an interesting try to like a uh, backup to, uh, okay, come on, come on. It's okay. It's okay. Take the blindfold off. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, and they were talking. Now I will, okay. I will, I will, I will give it a good point. And I know y'all are going to do an in-depth review and go for it. <laughs> By all means, I'm just I'm just giving okay. you guys my thoughts on this. The one thing I did like is is when the crazy people came out and tried to get her to take the blindfold off. Oh yeah, liked, they were violent about it. I liked that part. That part, you if you had more people doing crap like that in that movie, it would have been a hell of a lot of better better movie. That was the other part they kind of played off like on the down low was that okay, you got a taste of it that you know people are out there trying to get people to take their blindfolds off or ripping them off their faces like they did. But I mean, they didn't overdo that part, but, but I like what I liked was how um, always yeah. that fear that someone's going to come up and take that blindfold off and you can't see them. Yeah. So that was the only part. I mean, that, that that's the only bit of tension I could find in that entire movie. So. Was, well, yeah, that's, that's what I felt throughout the whole movie was, I mean, her constant fear of everything. And she was trying to protect these kids, but she, uh, you know, she was trying to survive herself yeah. but you know she put herself first right and the kids were secondary so and then like but when the movie was wrapping up it, it, she turned it around oh that's what but, i got out of it that's what yeah. i got out of it <laughs> so let's move on to something else because you know me i am a gore whore i i, I don't think there's there's anything 
lying about it. Right? I love my blood. So there are still envelope pushing into the spectrum with titles that remain too extreme for anything. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you too extreme for mainstream titles that are coming out. These are definitely ones you're going to want to watch. I got two of them for you. Deep Web Triple X. Yeah. What? Yes, Deep Web Triple X. This might be one of those you got the Jergens, maybe your favorite um sock gentleman, and uh, your pants are around your ankles on this one. <laughs> this this from what I've heard about Deep Web Triple X, this might be faces of death for gore fetishists. Okay. So basically we might be getting a borderline porno version of Faces of Death. Oh my god, really? Faces of Death porno? I'm I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Porno! I'm in. I'm in. Scorpio Girl would watch. <laughs> yeah. I am so in on watching this Deep Web Triple X. Yeah. Uh, Severed Great. Cinema is also coming out later this year. This is ex- this is going to be another one of those extreme horror compilations. So look, look for that uh, whenever you can. There's another one called uh, Cannibal. That is going to be coming out very soon. Um, other movies that will be coming out, things like Atroz, the Vomit Gore Trilogy. You oh. know you know right there, if you say Vomit <laughs> Gore, I'm in. Uh, Aftermath, oh. the Guinea Pig series, and the American Guinea Pig series. So um, I'll be needing some extra lotion here soon. <laughs> lotion. Okay. Anyways. Oh, oh, oh. Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Have you seen things about this? I have not seen Vandersnatch yet, but I've heard it's really good. Oh my God. It's interactive. You choose where the character goes and what decisions they make. It's choose your your own horror movie. You use your console and you make these choices for the character. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) Oh, I'm yeah, I'm in. There's another one I want to see on Netflix called you. I haven't had a chance to to look at that one yet. So I, I don't know if you've seen it or not. I haven't gotten to see you yet. The trailer for it is very stalker creep fest. Ugh. Yeah. I, so I might have to watch it. Yeah, I heard it's kind of like unfriended. Worst. <laughs> yeah. Somebody on one of the horror forums I, I'm on, uh, she was saying it's kind of, in a twisted way, romantic. All right. Sweet. <laughs> By the way, um, if you think that's, about it, that, that's how I look for my girlfriends. Um, I, uh, I go through the, um, crime section of the newspaper and I just find the most psychotic ways women have, uh, tortured their, uh, boyfriends and just go, yeah, I want to date her. Especially, (laughs) did you hear about the woman? I don't, I forgot where she was. She sent like 150,000 text messages to this guy. Yeah, yeah. And apparently one of them said that I'm going to make sushi out of your kidneys. That's yeah. so that is so romantic. I mean, if 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 my lady would send me something like that, I would probably cry. <laughs> oh I, yeah, that gets that gets me wet. It, yes. It's, sure. it, I mean, seriously, tears would come down my eyes. I would be so enthralled and in love. Um Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Sorry. Well, okay, you that won't, would turn but me I will. completely off. No, I, I, I would. I'd bring the knife to see if she would do it. Actually, do it. Call her bluff. <laughs> I've got All the right. knife and the ice right here. Let's get kinky. 
<laughs> you only need one to survive anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. So, you know, it's it, it's not like, you know... Okay. Moving on. <laughs> so, so, Nat Geo Wild now is getting into the horror business. Kind oh. of. I like horror, and I love enemies. So, you know I'll be watching this. Nat Geo Wild is bringing a new reality series called Dead by Dawn. Oh, the series boasts legitimate horror pedigree with, how about this, Skybound Entertainment. And what is Skybound oh. Entertainment most known for? Did they make Sky Sharks? <laughs> That's right, kids. The Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll be doing this one. Um, Dead by Dawn is coming soon. Uh, the tweet from Nat Geo Wild. When night sets, it all hell breaks loose in the can- animal kingdom. Dead by Dawn, a new horror nature show from the creators of The Walking Dead, will be coming soon to Wild. Uh, the series will be premiering uh, Sunday. January 13th. As a matter of fact. And how do you like this? There is actually... The, the, the titles will be horror titles. We have two episodes coming January the 13th. The first one will be called The Hills Have Eyes. And the second will be The Night of the Living Dead. The Hills Have Eyes. Now get this. We have the synopsis for the first two shows as well. The Hills Have Eyes. The Arabian Desert comes to life at night. But where there's life, there's death. After the sun sets, specialized predators emerge to take advantage of cooler temperatures to feed through the night. From lizards that swim under the sand to spiders that run ten miles an hour. Whew. Who am I? Is it hot in here? Is it hot in here? Uh, <laughs> Night of the synopsis of Night of the Living Dead. As the sun falls on the island of Java and the denizens of the jungle metropolis are on edge, nowhere is safe. Just before darkness swallows daylight, the night stalkers of Indonesia awaken with the lust of blood. Bats that eat 6,000 insects a night, baby pythons, and a fish that can crawl on land. Ooh. Yes. I think I have found my new favorite nature show. Mm. <laughs> I have found my new favorite nature show, everybody. Oh, you know oh. I'm going to be watching this. You know I'll be watching that. So, anyways, that's uh, all I've got. In Oh, Sabrina has been uh, green-lighted for season three and four. Woohoo! Why? I'm so I I watched a little bit of that. I'm not I'm not too meh. It's meh. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at meh. I've already crapped on enough things today. And I like it. Well, okay, okay. You goaded me into it. Uh, I think it tries too hard. I really do. I think it, I just think it tries too hard. How does it try too I, hard? I, I just feel like it's it's trying too hard to be too dark. Oh. Yeah. It, it's just trying too hard. I mean, just. You know, you just want to sit there and shake it for a minute and go, hey, be yourself. <laughs> so, but yeah. Well, um, I still like it. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, different strokes for different folks, man. That's what we're all right. about on this on this podcast. Right. So, yeah. Um. Well, do you have anything else? <laughs> well, then if there are no objections, we'll play some music. How about that? <laughs> Sounds good. All right, let's do this. This is some music on EMZT. <laughs> 
of the night there are shadows of shadows standing in line for the taste of my success at least I know what in the dark it boils my blood and dries up my tears can't cry in the darkness of the night through the fire of my eyes you can see the future beating the present at home in the darkness of the night in the darkness of the night I met tribulation he was heartless soulless spiritless with a grin on his face in the darkness of the night I'm in a cave that sits in a corner Many times I called out as my pen struck the bar, but there was no answer. So my writing rescued me from the darkness of the night. 
I'm sorry. I know it's hard to concentrate when you're surrounded by so many things you could kill me with. Like this axe I saw you looking at. Take it. Please, it's yours. Come on. I go for the neck, but I'm not the brain surgeon. Just do it quietly so John doesn't hear me die. Otherwise, he's likely to get upset, rip off his heart rate monitor. <laughs> then, you just have to find the sensor and disarm it so you can walk more than 30 feet out that door without the collar detonating. Or, you could try and take the collar off yourself. That could be tricky. Slightest knock in the wrong place could trigger it. I should know. I built it. This is Luke and Wolf, and you're tuned in to the delightful darkness of EMZT Radio. Hello, this is Christopher Lee. Time for a fireside tale. Feeling sleepy? Try to stay awake whatever you do as you listen to tonight's sinuous story by Ambrose Bierce, the man and the snake. It is a veritable report that ye serpent, his eye hath a magnetic property, that whoso falleth into its suasion is drawn forwards in despite of his will, and perisheth miserable by ye creature his bite. Stretched at ease upon a sofa in gown and slippers, Harker Brayton smiled as he read the foregoing sentence in old Morister's Marvels of Science. The only marvel in the matter, he said to himself, is that the wise and learned in Morister's day should have believed such nonsense. And he unconsciously lowered his book without altering the direction of his eyes. What he saw in the shadow under his bed were two small points of light apparently about an inch apart. He gave them but little thought and resumed his reading. A moment later, something impelled him to lower the book again. The points of light were still there. They seemed to have become brighter than before, shining with a greenish luster which he had not at first observed. He thought, too, that they might have moved a trifle, were somewhat nearer. They were still too much in the shadow, however, to reveal their nature and origin to an indolent attention, and he resumed his reading. Suddenly, something in the text suggested a thought which made him start and drop the book for the third time to the side of the sofa. Brayton, half-risen, was staring intently into the obscurity beneath the bed, where the points of light shone with, it seemed to him, an added fire. His attention was now fully aroused, his gaze eager and imperative. It disclosed, almost directly beneath the foot rail of the bed, the coils of a large 
serpent. The points of light were its eyes, its horrible head thrust flatly forth from the innermost coil and resting upon the outermost was directed straight toward him. The definition of the wide, brutal jaw and the idiot-like forehead serving to show the direction of its malevolent gaze. The eyes were no longer merely luminous points. They looked into his own with a meaning, a malign significance. Harker Brayton, a bachelor of 35, had returned to San Francisco from all manner of remote and unfamiliar countries. He had gladly accepted the hospitality of his friend, Dr. Dröring, a distinguished scientist. Dr. Dröring's house, a large old-fashioned one in what was now an obscure quarter of the city, had developed some of the eccentricities which come of isolation. One of these was a wing, conspicuously irrelevant in point of architecture. It was here that the doctor indulged the scientific side of his nature in the study of such forms of animal life as engaged his interest and comforted his taste. His scientific sympathies were distinctly reptilian. His wife and daughters were, with needless austerity, excluded from what he called the snakery. The snakery had a severe simplicity befitting the humble circumstances of its occupants. However, they were under as little personal restraint as was compatible with their protection from the baneful habit of swallowing one another. And as Brayton had thoughtfully been apprised, some of them had, at divers times, been found in parts of the premises where it would have embarrassed them to explain their presence. Mr. Brayton was not greatly affected. His first thought was to ring the call bell and bring a servant. But although the bell cord dangled within easy reach, he made no movement toward it. It had occurred to his mind that the act might subject him to the suspicion of fear, which he certainly did not feel. The reptile was of a species with which Brayton was unfamiliar. Its length he could only conjecture. The body at the largest visible part seemed almost as thick as his forearm. Was it venomous? Was it a constrictor? His knowledge of nature's danger signals did not enable him to say. If not dangerous, the creature was at least offensive. It was de trop, an impertinence. Brayton rose to his feet and prepared to back softly away from the snake. He knew that he could walk backward without obstruction and find the door without error. In the meantime, the snake's eyes burned with a more pitiless malevolence than ever. Brayton lifted his right foot free of the floor to step backward. That moment, he felt a strong aversion to doing so. I am accounted brave, he murmured. Is bravery then no more than pride? Because there are none to witness the shame, shall I retreat? 
He was steadying himself with his right hand upon the back of a chair, his foot suspended. Nonsense, he said aloud. I'm not so great a coward as to fear to seem to myself afraid. He lifted the foot a little higher by slightly bending the knee and thrust it sharply to the floor, an inch in front of the other. He could not think how that occurred. A child with a left foot had the same result. It was again in advance of the right. The hand upon the chair back was grasping it. The arm was straight, reaching somewhat backward. One might have seen that he was reluctant to lose his hold. The snake's malignant head was still thrust forth from the inner coil as before, the neck level. It had not moved, but its eyes were now electric sparks, radiating an infinity of luminous needles. The man had an ashy pallor. Again he took a step forward, and another, partly dragging the chair, which when finally released, fell upon the floor with a crash. <sighs> the man groaned. Snake made neither sound nor motion, but his eyes were two dazzling suns. The reptile itself was wholly concealed by them. They gave off enlarging rings of rich and vivid colors, which their greatest expansion successively vanished like soap bubbles. He heard somewhere a continual throbbing of a great drum with desultory bursts of far music. Inconceivably sweet, like the tones of an Aeolian harp. He knew it for the sunrise melody of Memnon's statue, and thought he stood in the Nile's side reeds, hearing with exalted sense that immortal anthem through the silence of the centuries. A landscape glittering with sun and rain stretched before him, arched with a vivid rainbow. In the middle distance, a vast serpent wearing a crown reared its head and looked at him with his dead mother's eyes. Suddenly, this enchanting landscape seemed to rise swiftly upward and vanished. Something struck him a hard blow upon the face and breast. He had fallen to the floor. The blood ran from his broken nose and his bruised lips. In a few moments he had recovered and then realized that his fall, by withdrawing his eyes, had broken the spell which held him. But the thought of the serpent within a few feet of his head, yet unseen, perhaps in the very act of springing upon him and throwing its coils about his throat, was too horrible. He lifted his head, stared again into those baleful eyes, and was again in bondage. 
the snake had not moved. Beneath that flat and brainless brow, its black beady eyes simply glittered with an expression unspeakably malignant. Now ensued a fearful scene. The man, prone upon the floor, within a yard of his enemy, raised the upper part of his body upon his elbows, his head thrown back, the legs extended to their full length. His face was white between its gouts of blood. His eyes were strained open to their uttermost expansion. There was froth upon his lips. It dropped off in flakes. Strong convulsions ran through his body, making almost serpentine undulations. He bent himself at the waist, shifting his legs from side to side. And every movement left him a little nearer to the snake. He thrust his hands forward to brace himself back, yet constantly advanced upon his elbows. Dr. Droring and his wife sat in the library. The scientist was in rare good humor. I have just obtained a splendid specimen of the Ophiophagus. And what may that be? The lady inquired with a somewhat languid interest. The Ophiophagus is a snake which eats other snakes. I hope it will eat all yours. But how does it get the other snakes? By charming them, I suppose. Ah! The conversation was interrupted by a mighty cry. Again and yet again it sounded with terrible distinctness. They rushed at the door without knocking. It was unfastened and gave way. Brayton lay upon his stomach on the floor, dead. His head and arms were partly concealed under the footrail of the bed. They pulled the body away turning it upon the back. The face was daubed with blood and froth. The eyes were wide open, staring, a dreadful sight. Died in a fit, said the scientist, bending his knee and placing his hand upon the heart. While in that position, he happened to glance under the bed. Good God, how did this thing get in here? He reached under the bed, pulled out the snake and flung it still coiled to the center of the room, whence, with a harsh, shuffling sound, it slid across the polished floor till stopped by the wall, where it lay without motion. It was a stuffed snake. Its eyes were two shoe buttons. These fireside tales are abridged by Tamsin Collison, with music by Chris O'Shaughnessy and produced by Frank Sterling. They are a unique production for Radio 2. Now, have you checked under the bed?
This is Christopher Lee wishing you a very good night. I don't want to! I'm afraid! Don't be afraid! No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. The show that puts the story back into history. History is all about discovering the why. And I think that in that process, it's important to never take the story out of history. Making history come alive, one episode at a time. But this is a podcast on the American Revolution for this series and uh, all about a free country, so do whatever the hell you want. Visit themondayamerican.com to get more. Dive into the Monday American. Don't worry, we'll be gentle. Chronicity, a state of prolonged duration, recurrent, habitual, chronic. A new miniseries on chronic pain and illness by your friends Matt and Phil from Semi-Intellectual Musings. We go beyond medical diagnosis to explore the often forgotten political, social, and personal sides. You'll hear stories from extraordinary people overcoming extraordinary challenges. Authors, entrepreneurs, volunteers, coaches, and caregivers. They are so much more than their diagnoses, yet each have found ways to persevere. You'll also hear some familiar voices from the indie podcast community. Showing that art, creativity, and passion are possible while living in chronicity. These stories and more starting April 1st at thesim.podbean.com. What if that ship didn't even exist? Did you ever think about that? I didn't know. So now if I went and made a major security situation out of it, everybody steps in, administration steps in, and there's no exclusive rights for anybody. Nobody wins. So I made a decision and it was wrong. It was a bad call, Ripley. It was a bad call. Bad call. These people are dead, Burke! Don't you have any idea what you've done here? Well, I'm going to make sure that they nail you right to the wall for this. You're not going to sleaze your way out of this one. Right to the wall. Ripley, I, you know, I expected more from you. I thought you'd be smarter than this. I'm happy to disappoint you. This is Dino Sands, and I'm here to announce my new horror novel titled Evil has a first name. But you must be aware, when good and evil are culpable, when the world is a lucium of false-taught spirits that disagree to agree, when a just name can cradle your body in fear, there is no salvation for your soul. Now you will all know that evil has a first name, available on Amazon print and kindle fear is inevitable purchase at your own risk i am dino sands i am war fiction and you are listening to emzt radio hello my name is boom doom and it's movie review with boom doom and bane and what are we talking about today bird box bird box on netflix the latest craze is Bird Box. Now, what'd you did you like it? Yeah, boy. Now, what'd you like about it? Um, the theme of it, I guess. Which is what? Uh, uh, birds in a box. Birds in a box. That was part of the movie. There were birds in a box. To tell, yes. To t- to tell you when a uh, crazy demon monster in sky coming to steal you and make you die yourself. 
Yes. That was the main thing people learned really quick was that the birds could sense these things before they appeared. So it was a good idea to have some birds around. Two birds. No, four. She had four. She had four birds. (laughs) No, there was only two. Uh. No, it was four. There was only two. Oh, two? Okay. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, yeah, there were two. There were only two. Yeah. I think two of them died from that guy. He killed both of them. No, they survived, amazingly enough. No, 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 there were four, and then he killed two of them. That British guy, he was, he he was infected, he was mentally, he needed physical help. Oh, right. Yeah, remember? Right, the, the, the crazy guy they let in, he knew the birds could sense, what, yeah, so he, he was, he was trying he, to kill the birds. So, they first had four, and then he killed two, and then they were left with two. Yeah. Math. All right, so apparently... This is something like um, A Quiet Place, to, but this time it wasn't aliens, and you, if you looked at it, it would drive you insane to where you would want to kill yourself. Or if you needed physical mental help, help if you were... Great timing. If you were messed up in the brain... Some people would call it physical, needing physical help. You could survive it and be like, open your eyes, it's beautiful. So, that was one. That was one that... Yeah, it was It was stated. Okay, by the way, there's spoiler alerts in this, so we're yeah. giving away lots of spoiler alerts. And if you haven't seen Bird Box and want to watch it, don't listen to us right now. Yeah. So, um, anyway... It was noted, nobody knew what these things looked like because nobody could tell, except one guy had mentioned that the people in the mental asylums were the only ones that were walking around without blindfolds. They didn't die, they didn't want to kill themselves, but they were only walking around without the blindfolds because... They could see these creatures, and they but beautiful. But but these creatures were telling them to have other people look at them. So we still couldn't see, even through the little bit of the blindfold you could see through. Mm-hmm. You could not see these things, and it didn't seem like they were physically real. It looked more kind of ghostly, mm-hmm. like you could see shadows. They were shadowy. Right? Shadowy. And you could hear them talking to you. They were always trying to tell you to take off the blindfold. Yeah, but they were impersonating someone you loved. Yeah, so they would trying to get you to look at these things because for some reason everybody needs to look at them. Now, the ones that aren't affected are the, the mental they're, the they're super, proxies. The super mentally ill, which are in the mental asylums. So uh, it's all about Mallory, right? Yeah. Her name is Mallory. Yeah, Mallory. She has two children. Named boy and girl at the start. Boy and girl because <laughs> she... Well, Mallory was kind of... Um, she was kind of a mean bitch. She was always self-protecting. She was protecting herself at all times. She didn't want to show any emotion. 
She didn't want to feel any emotion. She was like a Kenny. She was a Kenny, like in The Walking Dead. He didn't, like when his kids died, but when he, they were, when his wife and kid died, he turned to like depression mode. Yeah. So. Well, see, Mallory, she was into self-preservation, so she was always trying to save her own ass, but... With the, when she was with the group, she was always trying to help the group, but she was kind of a you know always wanting to survive. So she's a survivor, and um, she has these two kids. One is hers, and the other was from another woman. Mm-hmm. So um, she's she wants to protect these kids, but she couldn't love them really. Yeah, because that would make her weak, and then she'd get she'd be taken down. That's what she was afraid of. But she wanted to protect the kids. So what she was trying to do was protect the kids. Yeah, but in a fucked up way. Yeah, in a really bad way. But they survived and they learned skills. Yeah. So it the movie is a lot of flashbacks about the beginning of the story, about how all this stuff happened and what Mallory was doing. She was pregnant at the time. And um, she meets up with these people and it's just... It was just a madhouse on how people just would look in a direction and all of a sudden jump in front of cars or semi-trucks or they stab themselves or they would do everything they could to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. It was just like a mass, a mass worldwide suicide is what happened, except a few people. So when you're in, uh, when Not you're with a few, a lot at the well, end, a lot, but they were lucky. They were real. Well, anyway, because they had no eyes. Well, they didn't have eyes. They were blind. Well, no. If you read, uh, I read further that actually a lot of people blinded themselves. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So they wouldn't see. That's what I was thinking. And they also did it to some of the children. That's why the children were blind. Because they blinded the children to protect them. Mm. So it's, it's a really interesting way of doing this to where you can't see but you can be as loud as you want well i mean not really because there's all these all the infected people as i call them yeah. are out looking for people with so, blindfolds but yeah they're like proxies yeah yes they walk around looking yes. for people yes so apparently i guess uh i was talking to mj and he said the concept art of what these things look like was like a half baby half snake crap yeah it was too funny it wasn't scary it was funny so they didn't show us because nobody could decide on what these creatures should be but you did get a glimpse of shadows that came close to your face yeah and they were talking to you you could hear them talking so this whole story is her trying to get herself and the two kids to this sanctuary she was told about a sanctuary to where they're free they're living uh, with no danger, and, but it was a treacherous way to go, and it's not good f- to bring the kids because the kids, you know, might not be able to go through the whole journey because it was what three or four day journey. Yeah, it, no, and it was it, two, two to three. Yeah, and uh, the main way to get to the sanctuary is by the river. Now rowing on a boat. Down the river. With no blindfold on. With, with a blindfold on. No, oh, with, a, with blindfold a blindfold on. on I said that wrong. Is super difficult. This, and plus with rapids. And, and also yeah. crazy people. Yeah. So that's the, the main thing is uh, in the movie, 
is the boat ride where they're all blindfolded and they would hide under a blanket to take the blindfolds off every now and then to sleep. So they would sleep, they would hide under a blanket so they wouldn't see. Um, it was a grueling journey because you had all these crazy people still out to get them trying to, and they were attacking, getting attacked. And, uh, she, she couldn't see where she was going and she had to make sure which way to go. And she, that's is where she had to listen, listen really well. And she just, they said at one point to find the right fork in the river, you have to take your blindfold off. Mm -hmm. She would not risk it at all. For the biscuit. She would not risk it or the kids. She couldn't take the blindfold off. She just was afraid that if she knew that if something happened to her, the kids would die because they were only four years old. Yeah. So, so she wouldn't risk it, you know, taking the blindfold off to be infected. She just couldn't do it. So, amazingly enough, they make it to the sanctuary, yeah, right? Yeah, but she was going to choose one of the kids to do it, but then she was like, She decided no. not to because they were scared. Yeah. They didn't want to be, you know, Look killed out. killed or, or whatever. So, um. And what it comes down to is during this whole thing, and then she finally gets to the sanctuary, and they're able to take the blindfolds off, and they're talking to these people, and she meets up with people with a person she knew bef- mm-hmm. when this whole thing started, and she realized that she actually really did love those kids. Yeah, because she named them at the end. Yeah, because she yeah she didn't name them in the beginning because she thought it was too much of a luxury to have a name. So they were called boy and girl. So, but at the end, she finally gave them names Mm -hmm. and she told them that she was sorry that she treated them the way she treated them and that they couldn't be kids. They didn't get the chance to be kids, but she really, really loved them. And everything she did was to make sure that they survived. Mm -hmm. So it was also not, it was, we found it pretty scary, right? No. Not being able... Well, I found it kind of scary. Not being able to know what it is. I mean, you could just crawl on the floor and not... You could just... It's... No, because the crazy people, man. Yeah. Yeah, see, you were safe inside a house as long as you uh, covered up all the windows. Yeah. All the windows had to be covered up. And then you could walk around without a blindfold in the house because all the windows had to be covered up. Every, oh, yeah. dude, that car journey, though. They were, like, four, oh, of yeah. them, four of them. One on top, one on the front, one in... No, there's five, because one on It top, circled the whole thing, they, yeah. Yeah, so they were... To drive a car with blindfolds on, the they were GPS. using they were using the GPS, the voice uh, direction GPS on how to turn, and it was crazy. And all they felt was bodies, and one one of, they were in the car cr- smashed one of the guys. They were the crunching, people. yeah, they were crunching yeah, bodies because there were bodies all over the ground. But even uh, the proximity sensors on the car were saying that they were surrounded by these creatures, yeah. and so they stopped. And they did the smart thing. They um. For the car, they blacked out the uh, windows with paint. Yeah, they painted all the windows over, so, yeah. I think they even put a blanket over it, too. No, no. No, they didn't. They just painted all the windows black. And uh, they just used the GPS to drive, which was... You can't really do that. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, you could. You could if you had the really updated version yeah. that gives you the 360 bird's eye view. Oh, but you couldn't use that. Yeah, you couldn't because... All right. So any video, any video or camera was 
it would get you infected as well. So they couldn't even use that. Yeah. Because, yeah. So you had to be completely blind and not see these things. And some people were scared to death and they killed themselves. And then others were met with their loved ones and they killed themselves. So there's just, yeah, there was just no way of knowing what the hell these things are. We don't, they're not, we know they're not aliens. (laughs) They're not aliens. Um, The sanctuary. So at the sanctuary, it was a former school for the blind. So a lot of those people were blind but but some of uh, there was some people that were cited that was helping the blind people around but the other part was that people actually blinded themselves like poked out their eyes i would not, so they I would, would not be able to see do it and they also did it to a lot of the children was to keep them from being infected so in the end, to be safe, you have to be either severely mentally ill or you poke your eyes out. <laughs> I would just rather wear a blindfold. Wear the blindfold forever and have birds and keep birds with you. I mean, yeah. why can't you have, like, other animals wait? No, because it affected the other animals. Remember, yeah. they went insane. The yeah. dog they had went insane and killed himself. So it's the birds. The birds didn't seem to be affected. I guess birds are special animals. In this movie, they were. Special. So I really liked it because it was, um, it really worked character development for uh, Sandra Bullock's character, Mallory. Uh, the the type of survival she did. And she did like a complete turnaround from being um, a kind of a cold bitch to a oh, caring dude, mother. I just, thought, I just thought about something. Hmm. So you know how all uh, a bunch of animals, except for the birds, can uh, can not survive. Right. There's gonna be no meat but bird meat. Mm-hmm. Unless they capture. Well, they went to the store. Remember, they went to the store and they took the meat. Yeah, but that was like it was. It said four years later where they had the kids. Dude, I'm pretty sure they ate all that up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah everything. Everyone was affected except the birds. Yep. So for some reason, birds are cool. Man. Birds were the birds are the bomb. <laughs> oh, I do that with birds everywhere there. Yeah, yeah, because they did that on purpose. Yeah. They they were in a place where there was a lot of birds, and they always were feeding the birds to have them come. So yeah. So Bird Box, in my opinion, I really liked it. I fe- but I felt it. Um, they're copying a quiet place. Yeah. But they're using instead of being quiet, they're cover they're covering their eyes. So MJ and I had talked about this about how they might start this trend of doing movies for each of the five senses and like what they're they're trying to make a quiet place for each of the five senses and that is a terrible idea. Why? No, because it's stupid. It'll be the same story over and over again, but it's just going to be a different monster. No, it's stupid. No, but what if about hearing? Hearing would... Ooh, hearing! No, because it's going to be the same damn story. Taste would be air, so if there would be something in the air... Um, well, it's the same thing with Bird Box. Bird Box was in the air. Touch? You would have to... You Like that alien movie? Technically, they already did touch, because you couldn't touch that stuff. <laughs> No, it's a bad idea because they're copying A Quiet Place. No, but the alien movie was different. They used touch, so I think it was touch first. uh, 
uh, talking and uh, seeing, sight. No, it's a bad idea to keep... Smell, man. No, wait, that's the same thing as taste. You can smell their taste. So they would do two in one. I think it's a good idea. All right, Boom Doom sees the potential, but I I don't think it's a good idea. I think it'd be stupid, it'd be redundant, it'd be played out, and what kind of monster would come out then? If it was uh, hearing... If it was hearing, it'd be, like, more scary. It'd be, like, uh, frick, man. You could have, uh... There's so much potential. Okay. So Boom Doom seeing a potential for further movies uh, regarding senses. Maybe. Okay. I mean, I could see story book-wise, it'd be a good idea. Book-wise, then. Never but mind. movies, it. movies, no. It's going to be redundant. It's going to be just Boom Doom. It's just going to be too played out to be an effective movie is what I'm trying to say. So I say Bird Box was good. I liked it. But, yeah, I agree. They need to stop. They need to not do any more taking away the senses movie because a monster will get you. I mean, no. Then it's... what else? The uh, the same thing over and over again? Uh, a killer? Like, a killer in the woods? Or a killer in dreams? A killer on Halloween? Uh, a killer with a bunch of pins in his head? Same Same stuff? Zombies? Oh man, zombies! Right. That would have to be taste. All right. That's patented. So what? What do you think? What did you think about Bird Box? I, I liked it. I say, I I, I like. I say, it, it, it keep doing it, man. Okay. Once, once, once Aunt Bane sees it, she'll like it. She <laughs> likes any scary movie. Not any. Sometimes there were some bad ones. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, Boom Doom says thumbs up to continue with uh, horror, uh, Senses Horror Movies. And I say thumbs down on that idea, and so does MJ. Anyway. Goodbye.
Beaumont Bob from Bowling with Bobcat. You can listen to me live every Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern at sfdradio.com, where I'm bringing you the best of the worst in cheap booze, talking bum wine, beers, 40s, malt liquor, and more. Always featuring the latest and greatest in the world of drinking and entertainment, along with some special guests. So come on down and take a ride with Bumwine Bob. If you can't be there live, you can always listen in the archives at bumwinebob.com. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and enjoy. Cheers. EMZT Radio is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash EMZT. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of EMZT Radio Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. That's audibletrial.com slash EMZT. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, this ain't happening, man. This can't be happening, man. This isn't happening. 
This is EMZT Radio. The Horror Gaming Report brought to you by ThatTechShop.com. Head over right now to ThatTechShop.com and type in the code EMZT at checkout for 20% off of all items for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox. Greetings, ghouls, and now it's time for the Horror Gaming Report with Scorpio Girl. This is brought to you by LiveWire.com. The five... What? LifeWire. Jesus Christ. Greetings, ghouls. This is Scorpio Girl with the Horror Gaming Report. This is brought to you by LifeWire.com. And this is the five scariest games of all time. The fact is that most games designed to produce fear usually end up pushing gore instead and don't have the memorable impact of their atmospheric cinematic brethren. It's a lot easier to maintain terror for two hours in a movie theater than it is to do the same for 22 hours with the controller in the player's hands. And yet there have been a few games that you should pick up and play after you're done trick-or-treating this year. These are the five scariest games you could play on your PS3, and there's not a single game based on a movie on this list. Number five, Fear 2 Project Origin. I know what you're saying. This is more action than atmosphere, and I just said that wasn't going to be the guiding principle behind this list. For the majority of the game, you're right, but then there's that damn school. A few hours into this supernatural action shooter, you arrive at a school that's been overrun by evil forces and the art direction in this section of the game is absolutely terrifying. Shadows race across the walls as lights swing back and forth and go in and out on a very relatable setting. A school hallway. Number four, Doom 3. Maybe this game won't have the impact it did for my generation with the new one, but there is arguably no better game when it comes to the jump scare than Doom 3. You're walking around trying to figure out how to open a door. Things are oddly quiet. You're probably safe, right? This will be easy. What's that sound? Oh my god, what is that? The developers of Doom 3 were so adept at not just producing monsters to shoot, but amping up the claustrophobia to the point that it created actual fear. I could go that way and kill the multiple-eyed fire-throwing demon, or go back the way to the room filled with my former soldiers now possessed by alien forces. There have been so many horror action games that took what ID did with Doom 2 and Doom 3 and used them as a template. Although few of them were as scary, and we don't really know what we're missing until Doom returned in 2016 with one of the best reboots of all time. Number three, Silent Hill 2. It's hard to pick a Silent Hill game, and one has to agree that the franchise has gone notably downhill over the years, unless you find gameplay glitches terrifying. Then Silent Hill Downpour is the game for you. One could easily make the case for Silent Hill 3 or Silent Hill 4. But with all three games being so accomplished, credit goes to the first. This is really the game that defines so much of what we know about survival horror. It's like moving through a nightmare and the developers use 
of relatable effects such as fog, static, lightning, etc. is the main reason that Silent Hill 2 still gets the hairs to stand up on the back of your neck so many years later. Number 2, Resident Evil 4. The bar by which all zombie games since have been measured and one of the reasons that Resident Evil 6 is even more disappointing than it would be otherwise has held up so well over the years that one could still play it today and get that shiver of fear that only the best horror games produce. It's all about pacing. Non-stop action games like RE6 miss the fact that a roller coaster with no valleys doesn't work. Resident Evil 4 brilliantly takes the viewer up and down, providing moments of calm between some of the scariest set pieces of all time. And once again, it's about the relatable terror of an abandoned village or a lumbering figure off in the distance. An absolute masterpiece. And number one goes to Dead Space. In video game space, your neighbors can hear you scream. Every word of praise above can be applied to the genius of both Dead Space games. There's the relatable feeling of being alone. No one can help you. If you're going to survive, it's on you. There's the incredible design of some of the terrifying creations in video game history. It's not just fear of opening the next door and facing an enemy, but facing something pulled directly from your sci-fi nightmares. And even the action is designed to terrify as you shoot the limbs off creatures who continue to move towards you anyway. It's an action game in which the action feels like it has honest urgency. You don't feel like you have to shoot just to move forward. You feel an honest need to survive. That's true horror. And creeps, that is it for the Horror Gaming Reports. And remember, here at EMZT Radio, we have everything horror, from the human race to entertainment. Strikes twelve again Just stay 
You're listening to EMZT Radio. Come, let your ears bleed. From the hyphen line hyphen up dot com, 11 movies inspired by Ed Gein's hideous crimes. When Ed Gein was arrested in 1957, his horrific proclivities shocked America. Known around his hometown of Plainsfield, Wisconsin as a reliable, if eccentric, handyman, Gein's unassuming demeanor hit a gruesome private life. That's where the old saying, it's always the quiet ones. (laughs) When investigators first searched his home in connection with the disappearance of local hardware store owner Bernice Warden, they found furniture, masks, clothes, and other paraphernalia fashioned from human skin and bones. They also found Warden's body. As the investigation shed more light on Gein's unspeakable habits, the middle-aged loner admitted to also having murdered Mary Hogan, who went missing in 1954. Additionally, he confessed to having made around 40 nighttime visits to cemeteries between 1947 and 1952 alone, during which he would sometimes exhume the bodies of middle-aged women who reminded him of his deceased mother. Gein's relationship with his mother was a deeply complex and upsetting one. In life, Ed's mother, Augusta, was his only friend. When she died, he was the only surviving member of his immediate family. Left alone on the family farm, he turned the rooms used by his mother into an informal museum, closing them up so they would remain as they had been during her life. He used the rest of the house as his workshop to create a suit of skin designed to resemble Augusta. And ladies, if you're going out with a guy who loves his mother way too much, big red flag! Once arrested, Gein was asked what exactly he planned to do with the bodies he exhumed. The presence of nine stuffed vulvas led to many questions. He denied attempting to have intercourse with the corpses, claiming that they smelled too strongly to stomach such an act. He was, however, attempting to crawl back into his mother's skin. He also used skulls as candle holders, made a lampshade out of skin, and fashioned a belt out of nipples. Although not technically a serial killer, as he only killed two people, unsurprisingly, Gein's crimes left an indelible impact on the country's consciousness. The skin suits in particular have left an impression, but his twisted relationship with his mother also entrenched itself as a horror trope of its own. Ed Gein's many strange compulsions inspired some of the most effective horror movies ever made. These 11 Ed Gein movies are the best and most hideous films to take inspiration from his life and crimes. Psycho 1960 The iconic 1960 Alfred Hitchcock film is based on a novel of the same name by Robert Bloch. Bloch wrote the story in 1950s while living just 35 miles from Gein's hometown of Plainsfield. In an eerie coincidence, although the murderer in Psycho bears many similarities to his crime, Gein was not arrested and his crimes did not become known until Bloch had nearly completed the book. The author later said that he was surprised to discover how closely the imaginary character I created resembled the real Ed Gein, both in overt act and apparent motivation. The story of Psycho follows Norman Bates, a disturbed young motel owner, harvesting a deeply messed-up relationship with his domineering mother. 
Hitchcock's movie went on to inspire four sequels and a remake, as well as the prequel TV series, Bates Motel. Three on a Meat Hook, 1972. I didn't see this one. The second film from exploitation director William Girdler, 1972's Three on a Meat Hook, follows four young women who seek help from local farmers after their car breaks down during a weekend outing. Unfortunately, as this movie title suggests, it's all downhill from there for the young ladies. Similar to at least one of the women murdered by Gein, the victims in the movie are hung on meat hooks. The killer in the movie, Frank, also has a Gein-like relationship with his deceased mother and a penchant for cooking and eating human meat. It's uncertain whether Gein was a cannibal, although it's largely assumed he was. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Despite marketing that touted this seminal 1974 horror film as being based on a true story, it's more accurate to say that Texas Chainsaw Massacre was slightly inspired by the crimes of Ed Gein. According to actor Gunnar Hansen, who originated the role of the skin-mask-wearing Leatherface, the film's creative team of Toby Hooper and Kim Henkel decided to have a family of killers who had some of the characteristics of Gein, the skin masks, the furniture made from bones, the possibility of cannibalism. Leatherface in particular has strong similarities to Gein, particularly with regards to his unresolved mother issues. The mummified corpse of the family matriarch is kept in the house, in the attic. Deranged, Confessions of a Necrophile, 1974. Despite a change in name, this low-budget, strangely comedic 1974 film is a fairly straightforward, surprisingly accurate Ed Gein movie. It follows Ezra Cobb, who lives in an unspecified part of the Midwestern U.S. with his religious zealot of a mother. When she dies, Ezra becomes obsessed with digging up and repurposing corpses, before finally turning to murder in order to satiate his bizarre compulsions. Maniac, 1980. This low-budget 1980 slasher film from director William Lustig has gained a cult following and a remake starring Elijah Wood, which the remake was really good and it shocked the hell out of me about it since its release. Joe Spinell stars as Frank Zito, a disturbed young man with a deranged relationship to his deceased mother and a fondness for decorating with human scalps. Frank sows mayhem across Manhattan collecting gruesome souvenirs of his crimes, a la Ed Gein. The Silence of the Lambs, 1991. Perhaps the most well-known Gein movie, and certainly one that has most enhanced the killer's notoriety, is The Silence of the Lambs. This 1991 movie, based on the book of the same name by Thomas Harris, follows James Gum, a.k.a. Buffalo Bill, a flesh-obsessed serial killer who leaves his victims to starve in a well until their skin becomes slack enough to remove and fashion into a suit. If there's one character more frightening than Anthony Hopkins' Hannibal the Cannibal Lecter, it's a character based on Ed Gein. Ed and His Dead Mother, 1993. Steve Buscemi stars as the titular Ed in this bizarre 1993 dark comedy. After hardware store clerk Ed's mother dies, he's heartbroken. When a traveling salesman says he can bring Ed's mother back to life, Ed jumps at any chance to see her reborn. But when Mabel returns, she has a new thirst for blood and taste for human flesh, 
and Ed may decide it's time to cut the umbilical cord once and for all. I have not seen this movie, and it looks like this is Steve Buscemi's first movie. Ed Gein, a.k.a. In the Light of the Moon, 2000. Perhaps more than any other movie on this list, 2000's In the Light of the Moon, Ed Gein, remains faithful to real-life events. The film follows Gein's childhood, depicts the suspicious accident that caused the death of Gein's brother, who disapproved of the intense relationship Ed had with their mother, explores Gein's crimes, and ends with his time spent in a psychiatric institution following his conviction. Ed Gein, The Butcher of Plainsfield, 2007. This 2007 movie made the odd decision to fictionalize huge aspects of the Gein story. The plot focuses around Gein kidnapping the local sheriff's girlfriend and daughter, which wasn't on the long list of Gein's actual crimes. Given how horrific his life actually was, it's odd that the movie embellishes so much. Starring Kane Hodder, definitely check it out. Ed Gein the Musical 2010. No way! I didn't know they made a musical. The title says it all. This parody features songs and dance numbers that take place in the main character's head, kind of like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but with more grave robbing. Child of God 2014. This unremittingly bleak 2014 movie was adapted from the 1973 book of the same name by Mr. Cheerful himself, Cormac McCarthy. The story was reportedly inspired by newspaper reports McCarthy read about a possible killer operating in Sevier County, Tennessee. But the interests of the lead character are very similar to Gein's. The story follows an Appalachian loner named Lester Ballard, who discovers his necrophiliac tendencies when he comes upon a dead couple in their car. When his dead lovers are destroyed in a fire, Lester begins hunting for new ones. Co-written and co-directed by James Franco, Child of God is, as previously mentioned, a desperately bleak look at the evil committed by an isolated ill man. And you've been listening to EMZT Radio. The Witch's Tale of the eerie, weird, blood-chilling tales told by old Nancy, the witch of Salem, and Satan, a wise black cat. They are waiting, waiting for you now. today? Yes, sir. <laughs> I mean a hundred and eight year old. Satan, don't you ever raise your voice to me like that again. I know how old I be. Satan, give word to douse all lights and I'll skin the yard. That's it. Make it nice and dark. Sitting in the gloom's the way to hear our pretty tales. Now, draw up to the fire and gaze into the embers. Gaze into them deep. A 
And soon you'll see a noble castle in old England as it was 200 years ago. Soon in a room of that castle, you'll see a pretty woman with hard and selfish eyes. And you'll hear the story of the violin. <laughs> the violin. <laughs> Come in, Signor Tasso. Oh, it is only you, Kate. Yes, my lady. I thought your knock was that of Tasso. Did you not deliver him my message? Yes, my lady. He will be here presently. We think he takes his time. He seemed reluctant to accept your invitation. Reluctant? What manner of man is this Italian player of the violin who strives always to avoid me? Kate, am I growing old and ugly that this man should shun my presence? You are very beautiful, my lady. Methinks Signor Tasso does not wish to be alone with you overmuch because he fears that beauty. Perhaps you are right. Perhaps he is one of those gentlemen of strict scruples who does not wish to forget that he is my husband's friend and guest. You have made other gentlemen forget such scruples, my lady. <laughs> well, why not? When one is married to a fool who spends his days at the chase and his nights at the gaming tables, one must seek amusement. You know how often I find it. Milady is very clever. And my lord, her husband, very trusting. Stupid would be a better word. But never has he introduced such a man as this Italian to our house before. Is he not handsome, Kate? Signor Tasso is a very picture of good looks, milady. And handsome men are rare. Almost as rare as men's scruples. If it is a sense of honor that makes the senior so aloof, he must be taught that it denies him much. <laughs> That's good, Tasso. It's fine, yes, my lord. He's coming, my lady. I heard, and the idiot is bringing my husband with him. Ah, here we are, Tasso. Uh, may we enter your nest, my little bird? Bird? Of course, my lord. Come in and welcome. Ah, greeting, Nell, sweet wife. Your serving when said you had a wish to hear the music of friend Tasso. I have brought him to you, violin and all. It was good of you to accompany him, my lord. You are ever so busy with other interests. I did not include you in my invitation. I understand, my dear, but Tasso accused me of neglecting thee, so I am here at his insistence. I see. Oh, come in, friend Tasso. Don't linger in the hall. Thank you, my lord Gordon. Greeting, senor. My respects to you, my lady. I wish to hear the music of your violin. Will you play? It will be privilege and a pleasure. Mind you make your music lively, Tasso. Give us none of your wishy-washy southern love songs. On the contrary, my lord. The romantic airs of Signor Tasso's native land are what I wish to hear. Oh, well, I suppose I'll have to listen then. Why? I will not be offended if you return to your game. I fancy there is a game in progress below stairs. Aye, and for rousing stakes. It nearly broke my heart to leave. If you really do not mind, my dear. Oh, Lord, you will not leave us. Of course he will. But, uh, please. Senor Tasso, you insisted my husband come hither with you because you think that he neglects me. That is not so. I like music. He likes cards. He likes many friends around him. I prefer one. Must one of us mold our nature to the other? 
truly said, sweet Nell. We, friend Tasso, are one wedded pair who understand one another, each serenely trusting in the other's love and virtue. <laughs> An exceptional couple. Isn't that so, my dear? You are always right, my lord. <laughs> and I am lucky to have such a wife. Well, I leave you two now. Wait, I'll return to the tables with you. Signor? Why? It must be. It's not proper that I remain with my lady while her husband is away. Nonsense, nonsense. That's some of your foreign ideas, my boy. You Italians may have reason to distrust and guard your women, but not we Englishmen. Stay and regale her ears with sentimental music, Tasso. I return to my game. Won't you be seated, Signor? Uh, thank you. Not so far away from me. Here is a softer chair. I find this one very comfortable. Then I shall move. Here, I shall recline upon this couch at your side. As my lady wish. You may go, Kate, and close the door. No, Signora. It's not right for you and me to be in here behind the closed doors. You have heard my husband's views. He has perfect trust in you and me. Go, Kate. Yes, my lady. There. Are you so filled with scruples, Signor, because you do not trust yourself? I trust myself completely, Signor. You wish me to play for you? Yes, a love song. Very well. You leave my side? You will like the music better if it comes to you from a distance. Once it comes, does not matter if you play your love song to me. I play a love song for you. very different from other men whom I have known, Signor. I'm a simple gentleman, Signor. If I lack the graces of other men of your acquaintance, it's my misfortune. Yes, your misfortune. Oh, what a beautiful melody. Still, it is not so beautiful as the emotion that it sings of. You agree, Signor? I agree that love is the most wonderful of all the God's gifts to man. A man who brings such music from those strings must love the very name of love. I love the beautiful in love. Can there be aught in love but beauty? Yes, there can be baseness and dishonor. Baseness, dishonor, they are but words to deny the foolish happiness. Are you foolish, Signor Tato? Or are you merely cautious? I don't understand. I mean, if you loved a lady, a married lady, let's say, would you not forget such childish things as scruples if you could enjoy her love in secret, secure from her husband's wrath? No. I'll not. You have ceased playing. With your permission, I will rejoin your husband and his friends. So soon? If you permit, please. See your tussle. Am I unpleasing to your eyes? You are very beautiful. And what manner of man are you who forever shun my company? Signora, I beg your permission to leave. And I will not give it to you. Then I must go without it. You do not dare. You force me to dare. Yes, you force me now to say that which will mean we never meet again. Your husband, my friend, may be blind to your real nature. But to me, it has been the plain since first we met. What do you mean? That you are a bad woman. No, dare! You think I've not a sense to your purpose in always striving to be alone with me. I'm not conceited fool who think it is because you love me. You don't know the meaning of love. If I were not here, you would seek some other man. But I want not such a cheap thing as you. 
I want not such a vile dishonor. That is all I have to say. I go, senor. Oh, no. You don't go until I show you how I repay such insults. Why do you tear your dress? To teach you the worth of that honor you just flung in my teeth. Help! Help! Gordon! Will you cry out for your husband? So you can tell him your story while I shall tell him mine. <laughs> Gordon! Gentlemen, help! What is it? Uh, Where is my lady's stream? Oh, Nell, what is it? What do you mean to do? You shall soon see. Help! Help! Nell, what have we here? Her gown! Tussle! Your what friend the... attempted to dishonor me! No, no! Tussle! I swear he no! He me in his arms! See how he tore my dress! She lies! So thus you repay my friendship, Tussle! Senor, I beg you, hear me! I'll hear naught from you but a gasp of death! No, no! Shield your sword! I shield it in your body! Oh. Your blade struck true! Our honor is avenged, my lord! You have killed me! You... I think, my friend. I killed you for the dark yard. We are entitled to an honest woman. But breath and other remains for me to curse you both. Oh, Dio, God, as you are just, hear and grant the prayer I send to you now. Though my body sooner return to dust, let my soul, my spirit still live on. To punish those who kill me. Silence him. Withdraw your sword and punch it in his breast again. Ah, hey, one cannot strike a dying man who prays to God. It would be a useless gesture, for a second thrust is not needed. Senor, you fear my prayer. Listen what it is. You wished I play for you a love song. Well... I pray that I will play a love song to you from the grave. A song that will bring you to your death. To many deaths. For you will live again in the women of your wicked blood. And to them also will I play a song of love and death. To them also. Stop him, Gordon. Be still. No. And for you, Lord Gordon... My friend, only a name. I pray my music will bring your proud name to a dishonorable end. A dishonorable end such as you have brought to mine. That is my curse. My dying prayer. Dio, God of justice. Answer. What was that? That violin. No one of us could near it. It seemed a finger plucked its strings. Tasso, forgive. Withdraw your prayer. Your curse. Tasso. He is dead. <laughs> and now, Seaton, two centuries later, our tale of the violin goes on. <laughs> Good heavens, in this supposedly enlightened year of 1939, you can't possibly believe in that old Gordon curse. Oh, it's perfectly ridiculous, Dr. Matthews. One cannot term a thing that has worked out consistently for 200 years ridiculous. Oh, I'll admit there are some queer chapters in my family's history. 
But I don't believe anything supernatural was their cause. If that old curse really plagues the Gordons, why has it only struck isolated members of the family? And why should Frederick and I be afraid of it? Those portraits before you should answer. You think Tasso's curse only strikes those who bear a strong physical resemblance to Lady Nell and her husband? That point has been well proven. Compare your grandmother's portrait with that of Lady Nell, Frederick. And that of her father with this of Lady Nell's husband. All four met violent and disgraceful deaths, as though in answer to the Italian's prayer. You and Anne are third cousins. She is the last of Lady Nell's line, and you are the last of Lord Gordon's. I'm suddenly afraid for you both, because you've returned to this castle tonight as man and wife. I see. Hated blood reunited and all that sort of thing. What a splendid reception committee you proved to be for people on their honeymoon. We didn't expect you to approve of our elopement, but we never dreamed you'd try to frighten us with this wild bogey tale after we told you about it. My dear children, I've been a second father to you. If you don't respect my fears, please humor them. Perhaps the thing I fear only exists in this castle. Leave it now, tonight. Don't try to live within these walls where Tasso met his death. Oh, rot. Naturally, we're going to live here. It's our home. It always has been. If any ghosts stalk around here, I've never seen them, and neither has anybody else. Oh, forget it, Doctor. Let's go back to the drawing room and find ourselves a drink. Yes, come on. Uh, no, thank you. Since you won't listen to me, I'm going home. Good night. Well, he, he certainly made this a cheerful homecoming. <laughs> we expected such stodgy old people as Dr. Matthews to hold up their hands in fear and horror when they learned about our marriage. Tradition's very dear to them, especially when it concerns the supernatural. The Gordon curse. Bah, silly rot. You are very like that old painting of old Gordon, Fred. And you might have posed for that portrait of Lady Nell. Only difference is in the costume. I wonder if there is such a thing as reincarnation. If it's true, in our case, we have a lot to make amends for. He was a stupid blighter and she was... Well, one doesn't mention her sort in mixed company. And we are the last of their blood reunited. Frederick, is that one of the servants at the end of the hall there? I... I don't see... It's gone now. Oh, it must have been a shadow I saw moving there. Darling... You're not beginning to imagine things because of Dr. Matthew's warning. No, of course not. Let's get out of here. Wait. Frederick. Dear, what is it? Listen. To what? I, I don't hear anything. It, it seems I hear the music of a violin. I heard it, Frederick. Oh, you, you imagined it. That's what I thought. But there was no one here who could be playing the instrument. You, you don't think I heard the violin of Tasso? Tasso's been dead for 200 years. Oh, I know. I'm a fool. This is the 20th century. <laughs> I promise not to worry anymore about his ghostly violin. <laughs> Good girl. Suppose we go back to the house now, eh? Oh, no, it's pleasant out here in the garden. But will you fetch me a rat? Of course. And don't listen to any spooky music while I'm gone. I won't. Hurry back, dear. I will. 
The lady does not care for music. Who are you? Why do you play that violin? I play a love song to you. A love song to me? It is my answer to all of your questions, to all of your fears, and all of your doubts. Do you not find my love song beautiful? Very beautiful. Still, it is not so beautiful as the emotion that it sings of. Love is the most wonderful of God's gifts. And the music will make you love the very name of love. I only love the beautiful in love. Can there be anything in love but beauty? There can be baseness and dishonor. They are but words to deny the foolish happiness. I do not understand you. If you were taught to love a man other than... Taught to love a man other than your husband... Would you not forget such childish things as scruples and enjoy that love in secret? What, what are you doing to me? You weave some spell about brain. I'm playing to you a love song, Lady Nell. Lady Nell? Anne! Oh, Anne! Anne. That's my name. Not Nell. But is it? Lord Gordon, your husband comes. Since you and I must love in secret, I will leave you now. Lord Gordon? And Remember, we must enjoy our love in secret. For that was your way. Ever. Anne! Oh, why don't you answer me? Anne! Here I am. Who are you talking to here? No one. I thought I heard your voice and that of a man. There was no man here. Anne, what's the matter with you? You you seem dazed. I'm all right. You don't look it. Frederick. What? Can't you hear it this time? Hear what? The music of a love song played on a violin. Your wife has a lover? In the Lord's name, what has happened to you in the last few months? Enough to convince even a blinder fool than I. It began the night after we returned from our honeymoon. The night after you tried to frighten me with that old wives' tale of a curse. <laughs> the only curse I'm afraid of is the one I married. Anne and I were sitting in the garden when suddenly she made a flimsy excuse to get rid of me. When I came back, I heard voices. Hers and that of a man. But when I reached her, the man was gone. And she denied that anyone had been there. That was my first intimation. A dozen times since I had similar experiences. And now she sneaks away from the castle for several hours at a time. She sneaks away to meet her lover. I won't believe that boy. Anne's not the sort of... She is! You want to believe that boy. Anne's not the sort of... She is! You want to imply the belief that she's the reincarnation of Lady Nell. <laughs> Baby, you're right. For Anne has the same vile nature. No matter what you suspect, you cannot be sure. I mean to be sure. Tonight when she leaves the house, I mean to follow. All these past three months I've lived in hell. But I'll follow her tonight. And if I find what I expect, I mean to kill. Don't be a fool. Would you destroy yourself as well as her by wanton murder? The law won't hang a man who is upholding the honor of his name. I'll kill them both and go scot-free. Remember the history of Lord Gordon, who killed for the honor of his name. Remember the mistake he made and the punishment that followed. I'll make no mistake. Frederick! Let me go! Let me go, I say, and go! My boy! I have a pistol in my pocket. Tonight I kill them both and go scot-free! Frederick! Palmer! 
Palmer! Y yes, Dr. Matthews. Uh, what? What is wrong, sir? I want you to follow him at once. Don't let him out of your sight. And have the first constable you meet place him under arrest. Under arrest? Yes, yes. Oh, no, for having a pistol in his possession illegally. I'll take the full responsibility. Hurry. I must find Lady Anne and warn her. Yes, sir. Very well, sir. God help them both. Nothing may save them now. One cannot fight the dead man's curse. You like the love song that I play for you, my lady? Your music has become the only thing I live for. Yet how unhappy it has made me. Unhappy? Because I cannot hear it except during the few moments I steal each night to be with you in this garden. Oh, you have made me shameless. I love you with all my heart and soul. Yet you've never even kissed me. Soon I shall kiss you. Why should I beg you for love? Three short months ago, I adored the man I married. You had not met me three months ago. Yet it seems I knew you a long, long time ago. It seems so. Yes. Who? Oh, what are you? You have cast a spell upon me. There's something terrible, something unnatural about the way you rule my mind. Why don't you tell me who you are? Once we agree, I am a masquerader. You always wear that costume, always masquerading. But soon the masquerade will end, Simba. Soon my violin will rest. And soon you'll hold me in your arms. Hold me now. Give me just one single kiss to ease the ache that is in my heart. Will you want that kiss in secret? It's our only way. Now my arm is open for you. I will give you the kiss you beg. But if someone spies... You love me, and you must follow love as I once followed honor. Yes, I love you. Take me in your arms. Kiss me on the lips. The first kiss and the last. Oh! Your lips are as cold as death. And my arm, strong as the grave. <laughs> I knew I'd find you with a man. Put down that gun. Don't try to leave his arms. You haven't time. It's going to shoot. Let me go. The spirit has lived on to punish. I know you know. Your torso. Oh! Frederick! Frederick! Come on, doctor. You found me too late. I killed them both. <laughs> oh, God forgive you. Maybe pistol, Bill. You can have it now. <laughs> I knew you were after me with those policemen, doctor, but you're too late. Arrest me if you will. A court will free me again. <laughs> the law doesn't punish men who kill for honor. Look at my wife. Her guilt is proven. There she lies with her lover as they fell. Frederick, you're mad. Holy Anne is lying there. Where's this Anne you speak of? Why? Why, he isn't there. I shot them both. They fell together. Only a woman lies dead upon the ground. You've not to show a jury that you found her with a lover. But I saw him. I shot him. My pistol almost touched his body. It was impossible to miss. I saw him fall. I killed for my honor. If you can convince a court that that's your belief, they may send you to a madhouse instead of the gallus. Come along. The curse. The curse has reached its end. Dr. Matthews. Yes, Frederick. I... I think I hear the music of a violin. <laughs> and that was the end of the violin, Satan, under the violinist's curse. <laughs>
When these folks come see us next week on my birthday, we'll have another pretty little story to spin them. <laughs> Well, that wraps up our 2019 first episode. All right. So, yeah. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Woo. Can you imagine 2019? You know, I never thought I would live to see this year. <laughs> you know, 2019. <laughs> it just it seems so far away. <laughs> do you know do you know what June 2019 is for me? What? I, my 20th high school reunion. Oh. I've been out of school 20 years! Oh my god! Yeah. I'm old! I've been out for 30. <laughs> yeah, we're old. We're old. We're old. Yeah, 2019, they want me, or I keep getting these posts from some alumni website to plan the 30th anniversary for 1989. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, okay, I don't want but, it. but you know what? 2019 is going to be a year of change for EMZT. I can already feel it. And a lot of the projects that we haven't been able to do might actually get done in 2019. No promises, though. Oh. Okay. But um, the gaming is coming. For those of you who have been waiting for the gaming to come back, it is coming back this weekend. We might start doing a Jackbox Friday night party. Ooh. Or Friday night Jackbox party. In any way you want to put it. Um, there you go. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. We're going to have a lot of fun coming up here. And I am still waiting on Twitch to give me the final verdict on something that will probably mm-hmm. change the game with our Twitch channel. Big changes. Mm-hmm. Let me just put it this way. There's a question about public domain movies that's out there right now. Oh, I'm liking Yes. So, anyways, uh, be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout. I've got a couple of projects in the can right now, as a matter of fact. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be some some new projects coming down the pike here very shortly. But I'm not going to promote them anymore because every time I do, life gets in the freaking way. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just made to like it ass. It's in the works. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the works. So, enjoy life. Um, you know where to get us, YouTube. You can actually watch us on YouTube. We do upload to YouTube. Um, yeah. Podbean, shout out to Potter and family. You guys are the greatest. Yeah. Thank you for helping us through our hiatus and through what turned out to be the longest fucking month of my life. Yeah. Um, just thanks you guys for still being there for us. Uh, you can get us anywhere, Twitch. All the links are in the description, so enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy life. And we're on Spotify. And we're on yeah. Spotify. If you want to give us money, um, message. That would be either nice. One of us. Yeah, message either one of us because we're still on very on the fence about Patreon. Very on the fence about Patreon. And it's got a lot more to do than just with the whole things you've heard about. So I'm not yeah. I'm not liking certain things I'm hearing from Patreon. Let me put it that way. So as soon as we can find an alternative, we're probably going away from Patreon. But you can just throw money our way. I have a cash app, so if you want to message me, throw money (laughs) my way. I'll send you something nice. 
Maybe like a nice smiling picture. <laughs> Nothing nude. No, we are not I, giving out nude. No, no, we we don't do nudity. Well, we might. Well, we'll do nudity, but for the right price. Um, <laughs> now come on. <laughs> hey, I said the right price. I didn't mention a price. I just said the right price. <laughs> okay, okay, I like Messi- the message. Message right either price. one of us for rates. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll get. Uh, oh, uh, come on! Was it the, the Million Dollar Man? Everybody's got a price. Some <laughs> might, some might cost a little. Others might cost a lot. But I'm the Million Dollar Man, and you will be bought. All right. <laughs> I'm excited. No, no, I, I got into the wrestling thing because I'm excited. Because in my real job, I'm going to be interviewing Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, yeah. They, we have a, a wrestling event that's coming to uh, one of the areas nearby that we have tickets for. That we're going to give away tickets. So, oh, yeah. So Hacksaw Jim Duggan's going to be there. Uh, Mick Foley's going to be there. Which I I really wanted to interview Mick Foley, but you know that's not happening. Sad. Anyways, Aww. I think it's time to go. So stay tuned for another episode of EMZT Radio 2019. Fools! You girls, watch out for those weirdos. <laughs> we are the weirdos, Mister. <laughs> <laughs>